Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius, and I wanted to make a podcast about a question that I get asked a lot about, whether it's directly or indirectly, and it involves the topic of getting old, or aging, or getting up in years. And I think it's a topic of general interest. Everyone of every different age has the same questions. I happen to be 47 years old, and even I have questions for people who are older than I am, and I know that there are guys who are younger than I am in their 20s and 30s, and they have the same questions for me. And the questions are always things like, well, what should I expect as I get up in years? What should I expect? What is it like to have walked the path? Or what is it like to have climbed up the ladder a few rungs higher than I am? Because these are natural questions. People want to know. They want to know what to expect. They want to know what it's like. It's a natural it's a natural human impulse. And we can understand that. So I wanted to do a podcast that discusses the seven major points of aging, of getting older. So I'll do that. Let's get the easy stuff out of the way first. You know, the, the, the major stereotype out there is in getting old, you're going to experience a lot of these deficiencies of the, the mind and body. You're going to notice a, you're going to notice a, a uh, diminution in abilities, mental and physical, and you're going to suffer a morale-crippling uh, loss of your mental and physical powers. First of all, that is nonsense. In fact, just the opposite I have found to be true. Everyone's different, and I can only speak for myself, but you can you can see what I look like. I'm not hiding myself. You can go on my website at qcurtius.com, and under the tab social media, you can look and see pictures of me on Instagram. You can see what I look like. I'm 47 year, years old. Uh, I'm out there for the world to see. And I have found that if you take care of the basics when you're younger, if you take care of the day-to-day physical and mental requirements that your body needs to maintain itself, you won't have any problems as you get older. You won't have any problems as you get older. Of course, there's going to be some experience of noticing of the aging process, but it's absolutely nothing like what you think it is or what it's made out to be. In fact, I think in many ways, I'm at the top of my mental and physical powers compared to what I was when I was in my 20s. Now, I mean that when I say that. I'm not just saying that to make myself feel better. I really do mean that. But it's only one man's opinion. What I say might be different from what someone else might say. And then again, I might be an exception to the rule. I might be an exception to the rule. I've been involved in heavy physical activity and physical fitness since I was a teenager. Since Even before I was a teenager, I've been active my entire life. I've never had any health problems. I don't have any health problems. But I don't think that's an accident. It's not because I'm so lucky. It's because I took care of the day-to-day daily maintenance. I was always a big reader of books. I always kept my mind active. I always kept my mind occupied with reading, with discussion, with travel, with explorations of new fields of knowledge. And I think it's those things that 
really help you retain your youth, vigor, and vitality. So if there's one thing that you really want to get away from this, take away from this, it's do not get out of shape, number one, and do not ever stop learning. Learning is going to be something you do up until the very day you die. It has to be. And by doing these things, you will stay ahead of the Reaper and all of its ravages. So that's the first point. Sharpness of, sharpness of mind and good physical health, you don't see any drop in that, really. Until, I think, probably until you're in your, maybe in your 70s and 80s, I think then you might have to... Uh, you know, modify things a little bit, but I'm not so sure even then. The second thing is something I talked about in a article that I published on my website and was also published at Return of Kings back on November 9th, and that was about frame control, about the imposition of frames, about the imposition of frames. And I discussed that in the context of what does it mean as one gets old. What did I mean by that? Well, I'll describe what I meant by that. One of the most irritating things you notice as you get older is that everyone else tries to impose their own worldview, their own frames, their own limitations, mental, physical, whatever, on you. You can be at the top of your game. You can be A plus, A number one. You can be doing everything right. You can be kicking ass in life. And yet, there are always going to be people out there who, the minute they hear your age, they all of a sudden begin to have all of these preconceptions, and they begin to have all of these stereotypes that they fill their head with, and they try to project them out on you. For example, suppose you tell someone your age, and, they all, and you tell them, hey, you know, I'm going out with somebody who's 20 years younger than I am, and everything's great, and this and that, and the other thing. And then you start getting a lot of these weird looks. You start getting a lot of these limiting beliefs. You start getting a lot of this hater mentality. That's an example of people trying to impose their frames on you. People trying to impose their frames on you. They have the limiting beliefs. They have the stereotypes. They have this preconception of what it is appropriate or inappropriate for someone of your age to be doing. And they try to inflict that on you. And from talking to people who are older than I am, I sense that this is a common trait, a common feature that happens as you get older. You're constantly fighting everyone else's frames because you can be a master in your field, you can be at the top of your game, and you can know that you're the best you've ever been, and yet other people out there are always trying to restrain you, to restrict you, to limit you, and somehow to force you into their worldview. And this is what I call the battle of the frames. And that's what you've got to resist as you get older. You find yourself battling, resisting, standing up for yourself to resist the imposition of other people's frames. So that's the second thing that I've noticed about getting old. The third thing is kind of a uh, concatenation of, of several different things. 
It's the idea that you're conscious of the fleeting nature of time. You're conscious of the fleeting nature of time because as you get older, you do notice that time goes by so fast. You know, it seems to me sometimes, like I just, I think it was yesterday or was it today? I can't remember. <laughs> uh, that we got the news that Scott Whelan, the lead singer of Stone Temple Pilots, had died. And I said to myself, my God, it seems like only yesterday, it was the early 90s, and we were listening to his music and to music of other uh uh, musicians in in his uh, in that genre, and you just say to yourself, "Where did the time go?" You you wake up and it's twenty years have gone by. So there's this acceleration effect that you notice as you get older, and it's not so much that it's a it's a, a real effect. It's it's a it's an effect of perception because as you get older, you the burden of responsibility becomes greater. When you're younger, we don't really have that many responsibilities. We have to take care of ourselves. We may be in school. We may be in a uh, job position that's lower stress than maybe someone who's older. And so we don't have that burden of responsibility. The time goes by slower, maybe. We're conscious. We're more self-conscious of ourselves and more we're, we are uh, more self-conscious of our jobs. But as time goes on, the burden of responsibility becomes greater. We have to do more things. We have more responsibilities. And as a consequence to that, the time goes by much, much faster. So that's one of the, the sad things that you notice as you get older is the passage of time flies by much more rapidly. But at the same time, the the other side of this that is that memories stand out more sharply. Memories stand out more sharply. And there's a very nice poem. It's only two lines that, that talks about this. And the poem is by Ezra Pound. It's called, In a Station at the Metro. It's only two lines. It says, The apparition of these faces in the crowd, petals, on a wet black bow. And, and the poem's purpose is to point out to us how even a fleeting glimpse can produce a lasting memory. Even a fleeting glimpse can produce a lasting memory. Faces at the metro stand out like petals of a flower imprinted on a perhaps wet uh, black bow. And this is such a great image. Because as we get older, things seem to stand out in greater resolution, seem to stand out with greater resonance, and have more of a lasting imprint on our memory than things did perhaps when we were younger. Because it plays along with that awareness of the acceleration of time. And part of this, again, which goes hand in hand with this same point, it's the idea of regrets. You know, the people that say, oh, I have no regrets. I, I have no regrets. I've done everything I want. Uh, I don't really believe that. I think anyone that tries to tell you if they've gone their entire life and they have no regrets, they've lived a pretty wussified existence. They really haven't lived. If you have no regrets, you've never lived, period. You're going to have some regrets, let me tell you. You'll have some. There may not be many, and hopefully you don't want them to be too painful. 
but you're going to have regret, regrets. And usually the regrets are going to come down to things that involve some version of, if I only knew then what I know now, if only I had talked to that girl, if only I had taken this job, if only I had left this position, if only I had done this, if only I had done that, you're going to have some regrets and it's natural. But I firmly believe that even our regrets become part of our consciousness. Even those regrets themselves produce lasting memories. The fourth thing that I noticed about getting older is you tend to enjoy things and people more. And as a consequence, an opposite side consequence of that, you tolerate idiots, dorks, and dunces less. So again, you appreciate good things and good people more, and you tolerate bad things and bad people less. And I think that this is a consequence, again, of that rapidity of time. Time flies by quickly, and the people in our mystic memories drift by as if they are floating in a stream. And unless we reach out and grasp them and pull them to shore, they float right by. And we become more and more conscious of the need to embrace the good, to be around those who are good, to be around good things, to surround ourselves with good things, and at the same time, to drive away that which is bad, evil, or harmful. And that's why I think you become more willing to spend money on creature comforts, perhaps, as you get older, or more willing to do things for the sake of enjoyment, because you realize the fleeting nature of time, and you realize what difference does it make. Am I going to take it with me? And avoiding noxious people and noxious things is the flip side of this. Time is so short and our time is so precious. We don't want to be around those who bring us down. We don't want to be around those who make us feel bad, who make us question ourselves, who irritate us, who bother us. And this is healthy, and this is natural. The fifth thing, the fifth point about getting older is tranquility itself is worth something. Tranquility itself is worth something. What do I mean by that? Peace of mind, peace of thought, rest of the body is worth a lot. We don't want to be surrounded by annoying, irritating sounds, irritating people, and irritating places. We value our tranquility more. Tranquility, perhaps, itself is a virtue. Maybe it's one of those virtues that is never discussed. But for me, at least, it's really worth something to come home at the end of the day and to be able to sit on my leather sofa with a cup of coffee and to watch a movie that I enjoy that transports me to a different world. And it's little pleasures like that which are the things that we strive for. The sixth point about getting older is something that is so important, and I hope that in my own modest way I can make a contribution to this point or to the realization of this point, and that is the great works of literature and art mean more to you as you get older. Why is that? 
Why is that? Why do the great works of literature or art mean more to us as we get older? Again, it goes back to the passage of time. The great works of literature and art are all about living. They deal with the great themes of life. They deal with loss, redemption, struggle, glory, power, the quest for knowledge. These things don't mean as much to us when we're younger. When we're in our 20s, we're like, yeah, okay, all right, I get it, whatever, yeah, whatever. But add another 20 years to your life, and you will see that all of these great points of wisdom that were discussed by the great masters in whatever books or artworks or even buildings or paintings, all of those things carry a special resonance, and they mean so much more because we become wiser. We become battered and dashed about the head by the tempests and storms of life. And we know deep down that those great truths still hold. They hold for us as they do for all mankind. And we can relate to them more. They mean more to us as we get older. And that's why, though, it's so important to expose ourselves to them when our, it's so important to expose ourselves to them when we are young. It doesn't mean that you wait until you're 45 to read great books or to expose yourself to great artworks or great things. You have to get exposure to them when you're young. Even if they don't mean as much, something will, see, something will, will, will sink in, something will seep in, and it'll stay with you. You will carry it around with you. And then when the lesson truly is internalized, when you truly feel that lesson, you can reread the book or the story or the poem, and it will mean so much more to you. It will mean so much more. So that is the sixth point that I was uh, trying to point out in, uh, in my observations on getting older. You know, and one of the other great things about the great works of art and literature is that they reinforce these other points that I've been talking about. You know, I mentioned earlier the idea of the fleeting nature of time. And this idea is given special resonance in Alfred E. Hausman's poem, With Rue My Heart is Laden. And it's only short. It's only a short poem. It's only eight lines. But I'll read it for you so you can get an idea of one poet's interpretation of the brevity of time and the passage which leaves us speechless and perhaps uh, melancholy with the losses that we've experienced. With rue my heart is laden for golden friends I had, for many a rose-lipped maiden and many a light-foot lad. By brooks too broad for leaping the light-foot boys are laid, the rose-lipped girls are sleeping in fields where roses fade. And this, does it not, really encapsulate the brevity and fleeting nature of human goodness and those wonderful memories that we experience and enjoy when we're younger. But this is life, and this is the way things are. But perhaps we should not rue too much. Perhaps we should not dwell too much on the lost memories of our youth because there are always greater ones around the corner waiting for us, let me tell you. As long as you do those basic things that I've talked about, 
keep yourself in good physical fitness, keep your mind sharp, you will enjoy greater and greater memories and greater and greater bounties of life because you'll have that youthful vigor that you've retained and you'll also have the wisdom that comes with the passage of age. Because there's another effect that the passage of time, and maybe this is a defense mechanism, uh, there's another effect that the passage of time produces on us and it filters out the bad things. We only tend to remember the good things about when we were younger. We, 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 very, we are very quick to forget all the bad things. Or at least that's how, how it is with me. I don't know what other people, and I think it is similar with other people, but um, don't be too selective in your memories. Whenever you get too nostalgic for the old days, remember that it wasn't all that good. It wasn't all that good. There were just as many bitter and harsh memories from that period of, of your life as there were good ones. So it's important to keep that balance and keep that in mind. Now the last point that I want to make about getting older, my seventh point in my list of seven things to notice as you get older, it's this. You are never going to stop fighting. You are never going to stop fighting you're never going to stop struggling. Up until the day you die, you're going to be engaged in struggle in one form or another. So don't think there's ever an end zone. Don't think there's ever a point at which you'll enter this world of panaceas where you can just slam the ball down in the end zone, do your victory lap, and everything's going to be great. It's not. And that's good. You know. And this point was made so wonderfully in the conclusion of Homer's Odyssey where Homer discusses the fate of Ulysses, of Odysseus, after his homecoming. And to make it the story brief, after 20 years of being away from his home in Ithaca, and, and of 20 years of being away from his wife, Penelope, first there was the 10 years of the Trojan War, and then on top of the 10 years, Odysseus had to sail around the Mediterranean, stumbling from one island to the next, avoiding cyclopses, avoiding uh, sirens with beautiful music and whirlpools and crashing cliffs and all sorts of terrible experiences. After all that, he finally comes home to Ithaca and he, he was always considered a very clever man, a very astute uh, clever man. He thought, it was a, he thought it would be advisable to assume a disguise to figure out what the lay of the land first was before he showed his face, which was prudent, because after 20 years, you never know what's going to greet you at your house or your hometown. And he was right to do this. He eventually came to his house and disguised, came to his house in disguise as a beggar and found that his wife was surrounded by suitors who were trying to woo her, who were trying to convince her that her husband was dead and that she should marry them. And they were eating his food, treating him and his son, Telemachus, scornfully. And Ulysses had to endure all of these abuses by these people who were occupying his house. And this is after 20 years of wandering. First 10 years of combat in the Trojan War, and then another 10 years on top of that wandering around the Mediterranean. So even he had to tolerate these outrageous abuses at his old age. But he ultimately had his revenge 
listeners will be happy to know. He eventually revealed himself for who he was by being the only man who could string a special bow. Uh, he was able to bend this bow and string it, and he picked up a bunch of arrows and killed everyone in the house and claimed reclaimed his rightful position. So old age did have its revenge also, <laughs> did have its revenge. And maybe Homer there is trying to tell us that that youth and vigor will always be overcome by uh, old age and treachery. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. The point is that you're never going to stop fighting. You're never going to stop needing to struggle to push for your place in the sun. But at the same time, there are great things waiting for us, no matter what we do. And we're never going to lose that wanderlust that we had when we were younger, if we cultivate that same sense when we're young. The poet Alfred Lord Tennyson encapsulates this, this idea in one of his poems, which he called Ulysses, which I'll read here to close out this podcast. He says, For my purpose holds to sail beyond the sunset and the baths of all the western stars until I die. It may be that the gulfs will wash us down. It may be we shall touch the happy isles and see the great Achilles whom we knew. Though much is taken, much abides. And though we are not now that strength which in old days moved earth and heaven, that which we are, we are. One equal temper of heroic hearts, made weak by time and fate, but strong in will to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. Join us soon next week for another podcast here at Quintus Curtius. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.